What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfaceuno.com today. There, you can purchase items from our online store and donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Andrew Herbert. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, Shane. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. It is actually it's more my honor than I think your honor. I don't know, man. I'm always so grateful <laughs> when I have guests on. I feel like, uh, you know, it's it's long form. It's an hour, hour and a half. And I don't know. I just feel like very grateful when people are like, yeah, I'm willing to give you an hour, hour and a half of my time. And I know that time is very valuable. So um, I'm always just very appreciative. That's an awesome way to look at it. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I love podcasts. So yeah, I'm super grateful to be on a podcast. Heck yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, dude. I have started a new thing and maybe I should give people a little more heads up um, on this question. Just give people more time to think about it before they come on the show. But it's new. Um, and so let's start off. Take as much time as you need. But what are three okay. words that you would use to describe yourself? Oh, wow. Yeah. Three I know. Words. Just hitting, hitting hard right out of the gates. Exactly. And, and we're not editing this out either. No, this is just one take, man. Don't screw up. All right. <laughs> I, I, I want to... I... Well, I will say uh, I, I like to be creative. Yeah. So we'll go with creative as one. Okay. Um, introspective right now. That's like a big thing right now for me is to be inwardly thinking and, you know, not too much in my head, but just trying yeah. to digest and come up with who Andrew Herbert actually is right now in this time and space. Sure. And a third, third thing, third one word that describes me. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, let, let's, I'm going to go with, it's two words. Uh, we'll, cool. we'll hyphenate it. it it's right. Disney fan, Disney fan. Disney um, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've worked for on and off for the company for a long time. So that just seems very fitting. Cool. Well, that might lead right into, I, I like that. You know, I, I want to start off, um, you know, it's a story, it's a life story. I've got, you know, some, some little deeper questions at the end. Um, if, if you've been listening to our, the podcast in recent, recent, uh, months and, uh, episodes, you'll, you'll know, I've got these like four, you know, for the listeners, I've got these like four questions at the end that get a little more intense and a little more, uh, I don't know, in depth and a little more like introspective. So might fit right into your number two. But I love the idea of um, changing. It's it's a conversation I've had in, in a couple uh, podcast episodes, but um, I don't know. There's more to people than the work we do, you know, like our job. And uh, but yet I still put is the title of, you know, my podcasts are kind of like, it'll be Andrew Herbert. And honestly, I don't know what you're doing these days, but it'll be like your job title, you know? And, um, I don't know. I think it's 
cool and important to to see people through different lenses, you know, and not just about putting complete value in what you do for work as, you know, the the marker of your who you are, but um, there's more to the individual and to the person than the work you do and, and the industry that you're in. And uh, so I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more into it. So thanks for indulging me in those three words that describe you. I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, in fact, I'm in a transition right now with my career. And that was kind of, I kind of, for the audience here, pushed back on being one of your guests yeah. for a little bit. Of time. I put you off for a couple months and I, I sincerely apologize for that. No way. Um, but it was. But it was more because I didn't view myself as being successful in my career mm-hmm. and therefore worthy to be on your your podcast. Yeah. But I love your mission in the sense that you are wanting to give a story to everyone. And yeah. it's something that I truly believe in. And so as I'm wrapping my head around this, it's like, well, if, if I believe everyone has a story, why do I not believe my story mm. is worthy of your podcast? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that is why I agreed to come on to your show is well, to talk about bigger than just career. And I love that. And, and I'm excited to get into it. And honestly, that's my number one pushback is, is your, you know, kind of the way you push back is I've had several people that I've, I mean, I have like musicians that I, you know, that I know that I've like reached out to. I have other people that I've reached out to that have like really cool things going on in their life. And they're like, I just don't feel like I have a story to tell. And, you know, similar comments, you know, that you've kind of expressed and like worried about the story that they have to tell. And I, I just, I don't even know how to respond sometimes because I like deeply, truly believe that everybody has a story. And, uh, my, my thing, and, you know, I've talked with my wife about this, but I'm like, man, like, just give me a chance. Give me an hour and a half, and I promise we'll find a story, you know? Like, it's just, um, you know, this Absolutely. process and the way that we that I kind of go through it is we talk about current day, how we met, how we know each other, what you're doing, what what life has in store for you and right now, and then we, we throw it back to childhood, and we work our way back up to current day. And, and I think that it's cool because – Every single person, you know, we've all gone through it. it. It may look completely different from person to person, but we've all gone through these stages of life, right? We were born. Uh, we went through childhood. We went through that adolescent stage, and we went through that post-high school, you know, stage, and sometimes that included college and university, and sometimes people didn't do that, and they went a different path. But nonetheless, here they are, you know, and, and they're in – whatever stage of life they are. And I think that that's the uniting front. That's the part that unites us all together that says, you know what, we all do have a story. And though that process and though that, you know, that path of life is different, it's, um, it's all the same as well. And, uh, we've, we've all had to go through it and it's just kind of cool to see and to see different perspectives and to hear people's success stories. And, um, I mean, I think it's, we're all successful because we've made it to who we are today, you know, and though, man, I'm right there with you. Like I, I, I've got the, 
self-sabotage and that <laughs> what is it the um the inner critic yeah where i'm like man like defining success and do i think i'm i'm successful and i i, I struggle with that too like i don't i don't feel successful um most of the days i mean and, are you judging you know judging yourself by the standards of society i mean personally i think you're successful yeah um, thank you just for the fact that you have put yourself out there to make a a podcast, a movement. Um, you, you have your store. I was looking through all the lists of. I've, I've known you've been doing the Crazy Face, you know, podcast for a long time, but I didn't realize. I think you have over eighty. Yeah. Um, episodes. And which uh, is incredible. Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, uh, there will be over ninety uh, podcasts that have been, um, yeah, dropped or you know put out there that are alive and available for everyone to to listen to um yeah it's kind of crazy I was doing three a week there for a while and I've, I've kind of backed off in 2020 here and I'm just gonna do you know start off for now uh do two a week and um I've got a few other things I, I kind of want to like integrate into you know the platform and I really use Instagram it seems to be the one of the main you know, platforms that I use quite a bit, um, obviously Facebook and I have Twitter as well and just kind of stick into those. But Instagram's really where, you know, I don't know the biggest audience is and kind of people, um, tune in and I want to get more into videos. So, you know, I've talked about it on some of the past, uh, podcasts and whatnot, but yeah, I want to make more videos, shorter videos of people, you know, these different questions that I asked throughout the podcast, but just getting little clips and bits of, of people's lives and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's all new to me, man. You know, I'm always trying to do something and come up with something, and I'm sure we'll get into some of those different things that we've been involved with together. But, um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's fun. It's cool. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, if nothing else, for sure, you can define your success in this from the perseverance of continuing to go in yeah. the face of the uncertainty of true where this journey will end. True. Yeah, and I love what you said, like what it like defining success too, you know. I mean, it's so true because it's it's funny. I've had this conversation. I was I talked for a couple hours with one of my buddies um last week and and we were we were talking and he's like, Well, it's like what do you define success? And he, he talked about a friend that's like, Well, he's got all this money, he's got more money than I'll ever see but you know, his relationships are not well. And you know, like his, his life is just the quality of his life isn't necessarily awesome, but financially he, this individual sees himself as successful. And I'm like, yeah, see, I don't see that as successful. Like, yeah, money is a, is a, it's one piece. It's a marker, you know, and, uh, potentially, but it's more than that, and and knowing what society claims is successful, I don't even know what society says is successful. But regardless, it's like what I see is successful. The problem is, is when you have an idea of success, or you just say like, "Well, I haven't ever made it there," but you don't even know what your marker of success is. And I think if I'm being vulnerable and and, and upfront, I, I don't know if I know what my marker of success really is in life in general. Period. Um, and so. I think it's it's an interesting thing that you brought up. Along the way, I'm sure you'll figure out your marker for success. But you know, I think circling back to what you're saying about what is successful in society, I, I think people in general, 
you know, we we look for the black or white answer, just a clear cut, no gray area. So for successful markers, you're looking at, we know that making over $100,000, making six figures, that, that, that term six figures is a marker of success. And that's mm. just easy to say. You can't, and that's just so easily boiled down. You can say that, regurgitate that so fast. Yeah. But it takes time to say, well, I, I'm finding success in uh, my, you know, your, the three pillars of life, your mind, body, and soul mm. in these areas and, and having to go in depth and discuss that with someone and not have just a two minute quick answer for what success is or even less than two minutes. I I agree. I'm writing that down. Uh, I don't know. It's like really good. Mind, body, soul is like the three pillars of success or the of life, and um, yeah. I I think that's really. I guess throwing your career or purpose. Mm-hmm. What you know, let's not you throw that into soul or wherever you want to put it. But if you're activating your mind, your body, and your soul, then you're. Yeah you're going to be generally happier. Yeah. Well, and I think that if you, yeah, can reach that, you know, find joy in all of those three places, the mind, the body, and the soul, or find, you know, happiness, contentment, you know, happiness is a interesting one too, but um, yeah, I think that. I like joy. I like joy. Yeah. I like joy too. Um, it's different. Happiness seems um, limited and fluttering and it comes and goes, but joy is exactly. You're not always going to be happy. Yeah. In, cause you're going to face the challenges along your journey in whatever path you take. But if you find the joy on being along the journey and find the joy in the challenges and overcoming them, I think you're going to, that will lead to the happiness. True. Perfect. Perfectly said. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Dude, we let's let's let the listeners know we met <laughs> like so many others of my guests uh, through Invisible Children, um, the nonprofit, and formerly in San Diego. <laughs> uh, so we were in yep. San Diego. You you were an intern, right? You were uh, like I was the media marketing medium. intern. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because I was I was I looked through all your your episodes. I, I I'll be honest, I've only listened to one so far just because of good, man. finding it on on platforms. But I, I listened to the Timmy Harris, and it it really took me back. I don't want to retread with your for your audience across everything. It's all good, Invisible Children. But um, yeah, you were on tour fall twenty ten. Yep. I was in the office, so we only crossed paths for about three weeks. Yeah. And then you were in the office for Coney 2012 when I came back to help out in the office. Yes. It was only supposed to be for two weeks, but I kept calling back home and telling work that I couldn't make it back. Invisible <laughs> Children just so needed me. Yeah. I so needed to be in San Diego that it turned into like two months. Yeah. And, uh,. Man, that was a that was a fun time. Interesting, crazy, fun, <laughs> all matched into one. 
Ooh, yeah, that was a wild time for sure. For sure. Yeah, you um you yeah, you worked in the office. Um yeah, I just remember cuz you were working with uh Mr. Cameron Woodward, right? Yep. The first time around I was with Cameron yeah. Woodward and um second time I was in the communications office. So I, I worked with Carl and Jed and Krista. That's right. That That's whole right. gang. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Good times. Good times. What are you... I know you said you're kind of in transition, but what are you up to these days? What's what's life? I am... <laughs> See, this is why I put off doing your podcast, but in being transparent and vulnerable, I'm looking for a job. Cool. I'm, I'm in that dredge of... Yeah searching for the next move my last um my last job was a contractor role and it's a a wonderful opportunity you know if i could go back i would yeah it's just one of those things where you sign on to be a temporary worker and they the the time finished up but i was doing um community engagement for I, i i guess i can say the company even though they're not a sponsor of the podcast yeah it's all good right yeah, I was with uh, Capital One, okay, and cool. I was uh, putting volunteer events on for the employees across Louisiana. Nice. So working with countless nonprofits, um, and you know, I'm from New Orleans, so that was mainly where you know when people think of Louisiana who aren't from here, you're thinking New Orleans. But we're going to Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Shreveport, Monroe. Nice. Putting on events. Yeah. And it was super fun and thought it would be a great transition once the contract ended um, into a nonprofit doing marketing or working in development mm-hmm. uh, that would make the connections. And as life does, it hasn't panned out. Yeah. You know, that is, uh, that is, that is just part of life. <laughs> exactly. Um, what exactly. would you say the like, I mean, and maybe this is something you're still, you know, exploring too, but what, what was like the industry that you're interested in or like the type of work or, you know, that that's in flux right now. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest, uh, I've, I've been doing, I've been taking this time, especially in the past couple months, once 2020 rolled in to truly take stock of. Yeah. who I am and where I want to focus all of my time and energy because my dreams over the years going from high school to now have have completely changed and evolved. Some mm-hmm. things have kind of stayed the same and then in the back of my, back of my mind you're thinking, okay, what does everything have in common? Where do where is mm-hmm. the overlap? Yeah. And can I have the ultimate dream and create it? Yeah, and have the confidence in myself to create something. Yeah, um, and so that's just that thing that I'm wrestling with right now. Yeah, i I've been I've been there too. I've been doing that as well. And even even in the midst of this, man, I mean, you know, I am constantly checking in with myself, of being like, am I am I going down the right path? You know, am I am I doing the right thing? Um, do you find yourself? do you find yourself getting kind of overwhelmed with that idea of like trying to figure out, do you feel like you have to find the career 
I think so. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I think sometimes you get bogged down by this idea that you are one thing. Mm. You're going to be this one thing for the rest of your life, kind of like a doctor, yeah. you know, I, and, and maybe doctor is not the, the best example because you have to commit so much time before you are yeah. a professional. And so therefore, once you get <clears throat> to that end goal, it's kind of, you don't really want to give up yeah. and say, you know what? All those medical, all those bills, all that time in medical school, forget about it. I'm yeah. going to go be a surfer in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a professional surfer. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, I do think it, we as people um, see ourselves as this one thing instead of mm. something that evolves over time and can change. And it can be a contradiction of what we were just a year ago. Yeah. Are you familiar with Gary V? Gary Varnerchuk? No. No, tell me more. Yeah, you'll have to check him out. Um, check out some of his stuff because I feel like it's going to be very, um, yeah, you can really apply it to like where you're at in life especially. But um, he has this one idea that's really stuck with me and it's really permeated my brain. I'm, I'm 32 and you know when I look at man, I, I I look at my age, I look at where I'm at, and you look at other people that are you know similar age to me, and you're like, oh man, it seems like everybody's just got it all figured out. And uh, but he talks about how he's like, man, you know, some of you people that are like you know 30s, early 30s, whatever. It's like you've got a whole like you've got lives to live, you know, like the average age, what you live till let's say 100, you know, by the time we we get there, man, I've got like three, two more lives to live on, um, you know, like <laughs> it's crazy to think about and, and how we've spent all this time to get to where we are today. And, and you, at times I feel like you, I've felt <clears throat> that it's like, I've missed my opportunities to go do what I want to do, you know, but thinking about what he's saying and thinking about like, man, there's, I have a whole, I have at least another life to live, you know, two more lives to live. I have, I have 60 more years in me. Like I got this, you know, and it's never too late to kind of like figure that out. And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's really stuck with me and something I've, I've kept in the back of my head. Um, and it seems like it's maybe something that might be useful for you as well. Absolutely. See, I'm, I'm actually older than you. I'm a couple years older than sure. you. And I view the same thing. You go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you're seeing people in their careers. And of course people mm-hmm. only post, Right. the best parts of their lives. <laughs> right. Certainly everyone is struggling, but you're looking at these social media feeds and you're going, wow, I'm I'm not going on these amazing vacations. Yeah. I'm not this successful. I'm not married. You're married. You yeah. know, so I'm looking yeah. at that saying, wow, like uh, I'm, I've missed the boat here. Yeah. And, you know, but there is time. And I think it's really, you know, you're, podcast medium what you're doing with the stories i think it's important you know it's impactful for me to hear that you mm-hmm. you think the same thing and yeah. it tells me that i'm not alone in my feelings because we don't have people don't have these intimate conversations too often right so yeah. it is awesome you know as a podcast fan and you know to hear stories like this yeah. and to know that you're not the only one struggling with these feelings 
totally totally and i i I, it is really honestly i love i love that because my one of my favorite questions is like when was the last time you sat down with one of your i mean let's say best friend or family right and talked about for an hour and a half hour hour and a half you talked about your life growing up and the ins and outs of you and just the focus was on like your story and your life and uh (laughs) i'm guessing now is probably one of the first times in a really long time that you've had that conversation and it's just not a it's just not a common like we don't put ourselves in that those scenarios yeah we might share like little bits and pieces right but it takes time and it's just an interesting platform and interesting uh way about talking about life and talking about where you're at and the things you've gone through and been a part of yeah it is interesting i think the the people that you're closest to especially the people that you're talking to on a more frequent basis you're you're more likely to talk about just the everyday life instead of the deep personal issues that mm-hmm. you're having you know that's just the quick uh, snapshots yep like right now like I can tell you yesterday I texted my best friend who you know would be most likely the best man in my wedding yeah uh, when that day comes we're talking about coronavirus right because uh, that is you know everyone's talking about COVID-19, but I don't, I can't tell you the last time I've had a deep personal conversation with them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. It really is. It's, it's funny to think about like you, the things that we talk about and and then, then it makes you like kind of go like, well, what do I talk about with my friends? You know? And, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting, interesting to think about. And as I watch, you know, I, I've really business and pleasure, maybe uh, for both like information and it's just enjoyable. But the you know just different YouTube channels, different podcasts myself, and um, you know like what kind of sets some of these different um, I don't know these different uh, channels, these different you know content producers. What makes them different? What makes me want to tune in? What makes people interested? And um, I think. You know, there's a piece of this that's that's got a connection to to some of the popular items and um, you know channels and modes of um, you know listening, watching, whatever. But it's just interesting. It's just something that kind of takes you out of your comfort zone, and and when you can kind of be vulnerable and open up, and just an interesting concept and interesting piece. For me, at least, the people that I follow and I truly want to tune in week after week or whenever their content drops are Mm -hmm. the people who are vulnerable and are willing to put a spotlight of humanity on whatever they're focusing on. Yeah. And it makes you feel connected to the larger whole that, you know, the questions that you have about yourself, about life, about where you're going, Mm -hmm. you somehow see yourself in their content. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think we're constantly kind of like checking in and looking at it's like the societal pressure in some ways we're constantly like checking in and being like, how do I measure up? And I think that that's kind of what we've been talking about. You know, when you, yeah, you're, we're around the same age at this point in time, you know? Yeah. Maybe, but both of us, you know, for, for me, yes, I'm married. You know, so that's something that you see. Most of your friends probably are all married. Um, most of mine are as well. 
And then on top of that, then it's like I've gone through the next phase, which is most of my friends or a lot of my friends have kids, you know, or they're on to their second kid. Um, you go through the phase of seeing your friends go through marriages and then divorces. And it's just an interesting, it's an interesting stage of life, but you're, we're constantly trying to like see how we measure up. This is another thing that Gary Vee talks about in, in a lot of his posts and a lot of his, you know, speeches is like, stop comparing yourself to other people. And it's so easier said than done. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think when you can find who you are and just own that and rock that and enjoy that and find joy in who you are and, um, you know, I and think create that's... your own, create your own measure of success. Yeah. And he talks about it on both sides, right? Of like, man, yeah, people talk, tell him all the time, like, you're doing such a great thing. You've changed my life. And he's like, it's, it's not that you're rude and just be like, don't address it. You say thank you, but you just can't hold that. There's only so much of that. You can't put your stock, you can't put your value in that because that's fleeting as well. Um, and so like the negatives and the positives, it's like you address them. It's thank you. And then you move on and the next thing, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, he's got some good content out there. So definitely check him out. I'll, I'll send him, send him your way afterwards. But yeah, I, I will definitely check him out. Maybe, maybe we put a link to your favorite stuff in, in the podcast description yeah. for today for the audience. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We'll throw a little Gary V. Maybe he'll, uh, Give the, give the podcast a listen. <laughs> yeah, and then, then Gary will sponsor your show to drive his viewership and exactly. audience. He needs it. He needs a, he needs some love from Crazy Face, you know. <laughs> well, dude, let's, uh, you know, we've talked about kind of current day, kind of figuring things out, and let's throw it back. Let's let's go to childhood. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, what was your childhood like? How would you describe childhood for you? For you? you know, and... To me, I, I hate to use this word because I, I, I had a feeling this com- this question would come up. And oh, I, yeah. I was prepared. I was prepared. <laughs> and and for me, I, I would say it was unremarkable, and and that's a terrible word to use. But there's and maybe there's something better. But it just there's nothing that stands out as like this was this was a big challenge to overcome, or I just had a 80s to 90s childhood yeah. you know growing up and watching power rangers and ninja turtles on <laughs> tv and and going to school and just being from a middle class family which is which is beautiful in its own right that there was nothing of significant challenge yeah but at the same time it's like you know, wow, like I didn't have to overcome anything. Mm. I, I wasn't, um, you know, or, um, yeah. Yeah. That I makes, don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it makes sense. I mean, you didn't have like, you you have privilege growing up. You were, you enjoyed a normal childhood. Well, and I guess in the context of uh, stories. You know, where are the stories? And it's like, well, they were all on the TV. (laughs) They were all, you know, those those are the stories. I mean, certainly, like, I have stories and and, and memories from family vacations and and going to to Disney World 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my mom has had health issues, but, you know, they weren't to the point where I wasn't so concerned where I wasn't like, she's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I came from this background of, you know, enough privilege where I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. You don't have to to worry about this. In yeah. hindsight, maybe I should have been more more concerned, but it's like, oh, you know, she's having heart surgery it's going to be fine. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's what, you know, as a parent or as an adult, I mean, when you look at kids, like that's what you want. You don't want them to worry, right? You want them to have this, a life that they get to just enjoy and be a part of and, and not have to worry and stress about those things. So I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. What were some of the things you were interested as a child? Obviously you mentioned uh, Power Rangers and, Ninja Turtles, but what else? Uh, I was I was very into my imagination as a mm. as a kid. I was a, an only child um, for twelve years of my life. Then my brother came around and just completely ruined that all that <laughs> dream, which shattered when he was born. But now nah, he was he's great. Um, he's in college now. So one brother, just one. What? Just the one brother. Just the nice. one brother with a. 12 year age difference. So it's been a while. Um, we're, we're finally starting to see a little bit eye to eye. Yeah. You know, so it's been a, been a little bit of a challenge feeling like you're not as close to your brother as you should be. Mm. But, um, you know, there, you have to remind yourself there is that age difference. There's that perspective difference. And how old were you when he was born? Um, I, 12, 12 and a half, somewhere okay. up in there. Yeah. Nice. I would have been in sixth grade. Okay. My mom was similar. So her brother, there's 10 years between the two of them. So, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the, with that big of a gap is always kind of interesting, right? I mean, it's like having a, finding, yeah, I don't know. It's like finding just, that common ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, and I have, now, you know, I, I have a stepbrother and sister and, and I feel similarly you know i mean they're they're getting older and it's like now that they're getting older i feel like we've we're finding more things that we have in common and you know we have conversations and um whatnot but you know when you're when you're when you're in high school when you're in college and it's just hard to build a strong relationship in a sense when for at least for me like i didn't i didn't live in the same house like uh we didn't you know yeah we had some similar interests like my stepbrother wrestled and, you know, played sports and stuff that I was interested in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. You just don't have those bonds like you do with a peer or with somebody that's a little closer in age and those things you've gone through together. And then as you get a little older and you, you have some of those more similar things you go through in life and you get to experience those together. Absolutely. And in the meantime, you have a little bit of, bit of guilt for that because you feel like you should be closer. You should, again, judging yourself from everyone else, uh, what their lives are like. Mm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a close relationship with your siblings. I mean, certainly they're family and you only have your family. So, yeah. And you only have so much time to make the the best and most of it. But, you know, it is just a fact that, there was a big age difference and I, here I am trying to find myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I, I 
went to San Diego for a little bit when I, I guess he would have been in middle school into high school, somewhere up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did another short internship, so I was away. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it is difficult to make that, uh, that connection. Yeah, totally. Completely. What, were there anything else were you interested in, you know, athletics, music, nature, you said TV, movies, but anything? You know, um, sports was kind of off limits to me. Um, you know, I, I know I said there were no challenges and in, in, in my childhood, but um, one thing that most people don't know is that um, as a kid, um, I, I guess, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but I was diagnosed, I guess is the best word, with a rare um, joint disorder, Okay. which there's so little known about it that I wouldn't need, I don't even know if I still would classify as having it. It's that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's, there was so little information about it. My mom certainly has it. And I think they were therefore saying, oh, your son has it as well. Yeah. Like and it's that, a genetic uh, thing. Exactly. And they didn't have research on kids. Mm. And so I grew up being told, oh, you can't play football. You can't play, uh, you know, team sports. Yeah. They did a little softball, not softball, baseball, little league baseball for me um, when I um, was first growing up. But um, in high school and middle school, I did not play sports. So that was very isolating at times, you know, when, because I went to a very small school. So everyone was pretty much in a in a sport yeah but you know now i don't i wouldn't classify me as having that disorder i played soccer um intramural soccer uh in college and uh, i uh i played goalie nice and i got kicked i you know all sorts yeah. of of injuries that you know would have been devastating for someone with with the the disorder and you know i'm still fine that's good that's awesome that's cool i mean it's a, uh, it's always sucks i'm sure there were times when that wasn't a fun time where you maybe wanted to participate but couldn't oh absolutely absolutely um like i said i went to a small school so i went to to the same school from kindergarten to 12th grade nice um yeah it was something that my parents really wanted and you know it's a private school so you know yeah. it was great education uh, but because it was so small you don't have as much of a population of people to draw from to be your friend and to sure. draw similar interests with and when everyone's in sports after school uh that kind of dwindles your your friend group or yeah. the the easy thing that you can identify with someone that you have a connection with yeah sure what did you say you wanted to be when you grew up in high school i wanted to be an imagineer for disney so i wanted to be the creative person designing rides for the parks nice yeah um that clearly has not manifested yet um it's still <laughs> in the back of my, you know 
it's something that I haven't given completely up on. It's still like, oh, that'd be really cool to do. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But I just didn't, I didn't build the skills for it. You sure. know, um, I think I, I felt, you know, looking at their product, looking at what the final product was, um, how perfect a designed a, a Disney themed area or ride is. I, was, I didn't have the confidence that I would get to that final product. Mm, yeah. You know, that inner critic chimed in and said, Oh wow, look at their perfection. You're not going to be there. Yeah. Where I was completely overlooking the fact that there's a whole time period of failure of yeah. not being perfect. And so I, I didn't, build the skills in order to to truly give it a, a a true run for that dream sure sure where where do you think that like mindset came from or like that that um that perspective kind of came from you know i'm sure it came from multiple places just how you know maybe from society in general, you know, looking, especially if you look at the, the props coming out of the, the Walt Disney company, like they truly are making the, the, they're putting their best product forward. They're not putting out something that's second rate. And mm. so you kind of, when that is your standard is the best of the best. And, and that's where you want to be. Then you're measuring yourself up to the best of the best. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I was in art class. I was, they actually, you know, cause I was in a small, small, small school. I was in an art class by myself and they basically said they knew I wanted to be an Imagineer. They said, design a theme park. And I said, this is the best thing ever. And <laughs> I did it. And, and like in my imagination, I had all these things planned out and yeah. you know, in my mind, I could see it and, uh, like the the art that I had to create for it, and then yeah. when it actually was on the paper, I'm like, "This is not as good as I <laughs> thought it would be." Yeah, yeah, totally. That Isn't that the not story? how I thought? Yeah, the mind is crazy. Uh, I I can I can definitely understand that where you like have this idea in your head of how it's supposed to go, and then what comes out isn't quite there. I guess that's like oh, the I... the like artist dilemma right of like trying to get whatever's in your head onto paper to make it look the way you imagined it absolutely and and to having the perseverance to uh keep going and uh, sure. for trial and error and be confident in yourself that you are going to get to the end goal i, I remember in that art class they, they wanted me to create a portfolio because that's what you would be handing in if you were applying for a job and mm -hmm. you know to be creative with the portfolio and i said okay I'm going to make a portfolio that's never been <laughs> done before, and I'm going to make it a round uh, book that has like a pole in the middle that, like a telescope that stretches out, and there would be magnets, so you flip it up just so it's just so it's weird and like yeah. completely something no, no one has ever done before. And here I am trying to make this in an art class that only has limited supplies and all I had was like a wooden dowel yeah. and it's like, well, that's not going to, that doesn't expand where are the magnets. Where, you yeah. Know? And they're like, it's a cool idea like, though. Of course. 
yeah, of course, I didn't think about when I was making everything that there would be a big old circle in the middle of the art, too. So, <laughs> you know, like I drew a picture of someone, and it's like they've got a hole in their face. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't work. That's part of the creative process, though. I mean, yeah, that's that's a cool idea. I mean, that's like, that's the creative process. That's that's cool. I don't know. I like but, that you idea. Know, I don't think, you know, in the education that I was getting, it was fantastic. But, yeah. you know, somewhere along the way, someone didn't tell me like, oh, it's okay that you fail and mm. you get back up. Um, you know, like that, that was, you know, part of what was so, to bring it back to Invisible Children for just a second, was just so, you know, mind opening for me was, you know, all the, the jump first fear later and right. you know, uh, what, what was it inside the, the t-shirts that were printed live a life that demands explanation. Was yep. that it? Yep. That was it. Yeah. Live a life that demands an exp- explanation. That's a, I haven't so, thought you know, about that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Just, you know, um, being okay with putting your best foot forward and it not living up to your expectations. Um, and, and the, you know, the, the, the one thing, the one piece of advice I, I will never forget coming out of Invisible Children was Jed. I don't remember where we were, what we were doing, but he just dropped this little gem of a nugget. And he was just like, do not expect anything from a situation except to learn from it. Mm. And I was like, it took me a while to like truly wrap my head around that, but it's just like, you're, you're right. You know, what, what, hold you back in this creative process or in life um, relationships is having projecting your expectations on an outcome. And then when it doesn't live up to that expectation, it's not right. Just get rid of it. Mm -hmm. It, it, You know, instead of living in the moment and being pleasantly surprised by the, the outcome. Right. Right. Or even saying, well, it's not good enough yet. Well, that too. You know, part of, I feel like that can be a part of it too. Of you know, and I, again, you you talked about like you're your own worst critic, and and I'm the same way. You know, and you go through, you get off the podcast, or you put put out a piece of content. I I get this like analysis by paralysis, you know, paralysis by analysis type of like mentality sometimes, where I'm like ah because of that image that I have in my head. And I'm like, well, I want it to be perfect, you know, and I don't want to put out something that's not like to my standard or my quality. And then it's like, well, but it's, it's a work in progress, you know, and and it's like continuing to, to like take one step and making moves and taking those steps to get closer and closer. Exactly. This episode of the crazy face, Uno podcast is much better than your first one. Yeah. But if you oh, had yeah. judged the first one by how great you're doing now, then you would never have started in the first place. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's so you like, you kind of have to, you know, take it for what it, you know, the first episode was, mm-hmm. it was a great first step, but it was, a learning process and it's still a learning process. Right. Right. Well, and you take different things each time, you know, and like, Oh, I'm going, you know, again, like knowing that I want to not put as much value on the work you're doing and and that part, because it is a, a thing, right? Like in people's minds and 
Some people aren't content with where they're at, you know, kind of like our conversation of like, well, what's the story I have to tell? But it's like not about what you're doing. It's about who you are. And uh, I think that when you can, I don't know, just adjust, you know, so when I, as I'm going through this process and finding like, oh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to tell the story of who you are. I want to, I want to understand you on a, on a deeper level, on a more vulnerable level. And so it's not about the work you're doing. That's like a 10 minutes of the hour and a half that we talk about, you know, and it's like, that's, that's all well and good, but there's so much more, you know? So for someone to say no to this process because of one little thing, and then how can I bring that in and show people that it's more than just what you're doing, you know? Um, and I think that that's, that's just part of the process, you know, it's, that's just one little element of making adjustments as you go and, and continuing to evolve and to grow into things. When I first started this, it was all about, inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. That was my little catchphrase, my little, you know, and it's, it's changed as I went along. I'm like, it's, it's less about that. And it's more about the story that's being told and I'm telling stories and I believe that everybody has a story and that's the inspiring part that's inspiring others. But let's tell the story. Let's, let's, you know, let's go the story route and, and let's gear everything and kind of shift focuses into telling people's story. Um, Everyone has a story. We all have more in common than we don't have in common. You know, we're all living, breathing, trying to bring joy to our lives and to the people that surround us and we love. So we just have to be reminded of that. Exactly. And uh, I hope that, you know, as people continue to listen and, that they are reminded and they can reflect on their own selves. And that's the beautiful thing. I, I got off the podcast, uh, you know, I, I recorded one on Sunday and uh, I got, got off the podcast and the guy I was talking to, he's like, this is like therapy. Like, this is like therapeutic for me. And I'm like, dude, I know. Like, I'm, I'm like 90 podcasts in. Like, it's therapy for me too. You know, it's very therapeutic to talk about and to think about and be like, oh, it's really interesting to see how you got to where you are and like the mentality and, um, the mental game, the physical game, you know, like all, all the different parts that go into overcoming and, and being, quote, finding yourself or like, you know, being who you are today. Um, and I think that for me, like listening to everybody's story or listening like to our conversation even now, it's, I always, I'm, I'm like reflecting back on that, you know, I'm trying to relate to it and trying to find that piece that, um, I don't know that I can relate to. And I, and I hope that other people do that too. I think that's the cool part is like relatability of relating to the process. And that's what I mean by the fact that we all go through childhood, you know, it looks different. You know, you liked, you like power Rangers. Well, maybe somebody didn't, you know, <laughs> maybe somebody watched transformers instead or, you know, whatever it was, but they're like, Oh yeah, I totally had those shows, you know? So then now that's the relatability part of, of kind of finding our, our, unifying ground amongst everyone's story regardless of our belief system our political views our you know differences but finding the similarities and it truly my belief is when it's a when it's an unexpected commonality that's when it's the most impactful Mm, yes you know when when you are taken out of your moment to say oh i i do connect with this person 
on a deeper level than I anticipated and you weren't expecting it, yeah, that's when it, you, you tr- it truly is ingrained in, in you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, let's look, uh, let's look at like middle school, high school, you know, that adolescent time. Um, if we, if we kind of look at that, what, what would you say, like, what kind of student were you? Um, I was one that wanted to get good grades for sure. My mom's a teacher. Okay. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, uh, come home with poor grades. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I did expect to do well. Uh, I was told that I was gifted and, and intelligent and I was tested, you know, very well. And, you know, that, that's great to hear as a kid, but I, you know, looking back, I think it was kind of a, a hindrance as mm. well. And, and learning to, uh, to, for trial and error. Yeah. You know, it was almost as if, if I didn't do well, there was nothing that I could do about it because I just was never going to do well. If I did well, then it was obviously because of my innate ability. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, You're so, never challenged you know, necessarily. Beyond... Cer- certainly there were challenges yeah, in, yeah. in school. Like, you know, like, uh, I remember writing a 20-page paper in history class <laughs> uh, in high school and looking back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I pulled that off in high school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a transition to go sure. from high school into college because there you were just left to your own devices to, to learn essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that mindset still was prevalent. Well, if I just, if I don't get it now, if I'm, if it's just not coming to me, then it's not happening. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I, I graduated with the, degree in marketing and a minor in sociology and you know just from there been doing doing work that makes it I, I, I try and look for things that make an impact uh, invisible children completely reshaped and contextualized what it meant to do work mm. couldn't agree more yeah it uh <laughs> It uh, shook. It shook you. It 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 challenged. I don't know. It set a. It set the bar pretty high uh, for a work environment, for purpose in your work, for value as an employee, um, camaraderie. You know the 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 teamwork, integrity. Man, the, the words could. The buzzwords. The the key phrases could just keep coming and coming and coming. Um, For me, it was a sense of community. Yeah. You know, and you don't see that everywhere that you go. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, it was great to listen to you, your conversation with Timmy and saying how much y'all have struggled coming out of Invisible Children and kind of finding your way because the bar was set so high that not every place is like invisible children and you have to find your happiness in the present and not dwell on the past so much that there mm-hmm. can be these amazing 
moments and opportunities that rival what we had in San Diego um, if you are open to them and not living in the past. Right. Uh, but I certainly have not, I, I haven't found a community like that no. in the 10 years since I've left. And, you know, you still look for it. Yeah. Uh, even when you try not to. Even when you try to come with fresh eyes, it's like there's a piece of you that's like always hungry for that unity, that relationship, that um, that bond. And I don't know that, you know, I mean, I remember Margie said it, Margie Dillenberg, uh, hopefully we can have her on sometime, but um, she said it at one of like the end, you know, I think it was when we were kind of downsizing and we had that big reunion. I don't know if you came back to that in San Diego, but... Um, I did. I was there. Yeah, and, and we're sitting there at I Mount slept Soledad. On the, I slept on the office floor. Nice. That night. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Nice. laughs> so we're, we're like sitting there at Mount Soledad, um, you know, kind of like reminiscing. And, and I remember Margie got up there and, and it had been said multiple times, but she said it again. And it was one of those sayings was like, you're going to leave here. We're all going to like try to like find this place again you know, and, and like try to, to find this other things and it's going to be hard and you're not going to find it. And I remember sitting there and I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, like, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like, we'll be fine. You know, like whatever. And then now I look back and I'm like, Phew, boy, was she right? You know? And Oh, absolutely. Like, Whoa, man, I've been looking for it for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that it'll ever exist the same way. And I think it's just, that was a special time and we got to be part of something very special and not to forget about it, but in, but in an effort to like, I think it's, it's our responsibility to bring that to wherever we are, you know? Absolutely. Now I've been in this transition phase reading some Brene Brown, you know, the, yep. the gifts of imperfection, Darren Greatly, yep. you know, and Darren Greatly was great. Vulnerability has always been one of those buzz, buzzwords. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've certainly listened to her TED Talk before and all sure, that good stuff. Yep. But you know, reflecting back on Invisible Children, there was a I had a level of vulnerability that I had never had before, and mm. I don't think I really realized until now that I tapped into because I felt accepted by the community, and when I came home. Even my best friends, I had never been that vulnerable to, and that was what has been, that was what was missing, was having that group that you felt like you You shared with, yeah. You you shared through a challenge with, and that you could be open and vulnerable and be yourself. Yeah, and they accepted you, and they brought you in. It was, it's that... It's that, uh, like, the you're free to be who you are, and, and who you are was accepted, and then you're able to, like, grow from there, you know, like, through all the different hard things. And that was, like, relationship-wise, you're accepted, you're loved by the people that are around you, and it was, like, a different, it's just different, <laughs> there's no way, it's so and hard to for, describe, but. Well, for the, the listeners, too, I mean, I, I'm sure you've covered this with about invisible children but it wasn't always rainbows and sunshine no. with everyone yeah we weren't 
all running around through Balboa Park, skipping and holding hands and singing oh, that songs. I mean, we just, <laughs> I mean, it happened. But not every day. It happened, but, you know, there were still, yeah. like, count, there were fights. There were yeah, disagreements. People didn't see eye to eye. But I think at the end of the day, what truly made it such a community is all these people had a love for for uh, for people that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the ocean on another continent they had love uh for people in northern uganda and the drc and therefore even when there were disagreements and people weren't washing dishes or taking too much time in the the one bathroom that we we were were sharing there was still love Mm -hmm. as the underlying factor the underlying part of, of this group yeah we uh for the greater good you know we like maybe took a few lumps for the greater good of what we were trying to accomplish and gave each other a little bit more grace and um i don't know a little more love because of what we were trying to do for sure 100 percent. absolutely well you, if you're loving someone across the world then you're gonna love the people that you're you're sharing a house with that's the goal yeah with. exactly yep 100%. Did And even now, you know, I was reflecting on it, you know, what I was going to say about Invisible Children and um, and how it ties into your goal of everyone has a story that, you know, it truly is. If someone, if I ran into someone and they happened to have been an Invisible Children uh, supporter or they'd worked with them, if I'd never known them before, I would instantly be connected. I would know their story and I would be more um, willing to, op- or not willing, but open to bringing them into my circle, into my life, and helping them in whatever way, shape, or form. And it's really all about finding that unexpected commonality. What we what we share, what we believe in, and and looking beyond the things that make us different to uh, to make a difference. Nailed it. Spot on. Completely agree. Yeah, and that camaraderie you always found, it's like a trust that you had with someone because you you knew their character based on the fact that they were there and they showed up. And uh, there was there was just these like little pieces that you can always saw and felt. And, and the ones that weren't there for the right reasons, kind of, they filtered, the, filtered themselves out, you know? Absolutely. Did you, I mean... Did you have a lot of friends growing up, like in high school, middle school? Uh, I, I would say no, no, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, Did you have like a core group that you or, or core group? You know, um, I um, I had a, a like a core little group um, in elementary school, and like I said, I went to the same school from kindergarten to, to 12th grade. So, you know, you didn't have a lot of influx of new students, some some left. And so I remember being really close to a, a bunch of kids that from around third grade, things started to change where, you know, people were more identified by playing sports. And when I didn't play those sports, um, my my friendships shifted. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, and 
not to knock my parents, but you know, they, they were, my mom is very, um, family oriented. So yeah, we always did things with my first cousin, uh, her, her sister and, you know, and yeah. anyone who was in our extended family, but you know, I, no one really like their friends didn't really come over with kids. So, uh, yeah, that, that is something that, you know, through time, you know, you, you have friends that fall in and out of, um, of your life, but you know, there's, there's still the core people that I know I can go to, Yeah. but, uh, you know, you would, again, coming out of invisible children, you're like, man, I, I, there were so many more friends there, yep. you know? Yep. For sure. Definitely. It sounds like you had a pretty close relationship with your parents. How would you describe your relationship with your, with your parents, with your family? Now or back then? Either or. Either or. Um, well, my dad commuted a lot, um, for work. He would be relocated. He's been probably relocated to Houston three or four times now. Yeah. So that certainly puts a, a strain on, you know, how close you are to a person when they're mm -hmm. spending five days out of the week in another city. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I grew up with my mom, um, yeah. a good bit, you know, um, now I mean, we we still live in New Orleans, so I still see them a bunch. Um, you know, I think I'm still trying to like get my mom to realize like I am I am an an adult, mm, <laughs> especially because yeah. like with that with that 12 year age difference with my brother, um, she was still in that that mom mode. Like I have to, um, you know be the answer or provide or, or, or have assistance instead of letting trial and error sure. in adulthood take, take hold. Sure. That makes sense. And I, I, I mean, I think that's just like a parent thing. I think parents have trouble letting go sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I am still kind of adjusting to the fact that my brother is an adult. He's 22 now. Yeah. So, I still I took care of him as a kid. So when he was a kid, uh, I was in middle school, high school. I I took care of him. So yeah. you know, I'm even having to let go of that. Right, right, right. What led you to choose you know marketing and sociology in college? Um, you know, uh, marketing was the creative side of business. Mm -hmm. um, when I kind of started doubting whether or not I could actually make it to be a, a Disney Imagineer, you know, doubting that. First off, I mean, there just, there aren't a lot of open positions to be a Disney Imagineer. And a lot of those jobs are engineers uh, being able to design the ride from an engineering standpoint. I knew I didn't want to do the math part. I wanted yeah. to be the creative part. And, so those jobs are few and far between. So I just kind of gave up on that. But I said, you know what? I still want to be creative. Um, I would still probably like to work for the Walt Disney Company. So this is this route makes the most sense. Yeah. And I started collecting uh, sociology um, credits. I realized I wasn't that far off from that sociology minor. So I took an extra semester, wrapped that up, and it it, it was kind of that serendipitous 
type of thing for me because I do generally have this great interest in how people interact. And part of me is thinking about going back to school and taking more psychology classes because uh, those were some of my favorites as well in yeah. college. Uh, just to learn more about how the human mind works and how we connect to people in our environments. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Did you did you have anybody or, you know, someone that sticks out to you that was like an inspiration to you growing up? Uh, I think there were, I mean, certainly people that I didn't, um, know, um, you know, like I, I would certainly say in high school, since I was studying, uh, art and being an Imagineer, Walt Disney would have been an inspiration for me. In fact, yeah. that 20 paper that I, um, I mentioned earlier was a biography on Walt Disney and my nice. history teacher hated it. And I did that on purpose. <laughs> I knew he would hate the subject. And I was like, you're going to have to give me an A on this because I did it <laughs> right. I yeah. did it to your directions, but you're going to hate it. Yeah. Uh, which was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, there are so many people that I admire now. Um, you know, uh, so many people from Invisible Children, you know, Jason Russell, Jedediah Jenkins, yep. like to this day, high up there on my list. Um, just such wonderful people. And, you know, then got introduced to Bob Goff and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but, yeah, you know, in terms of someone that um, was or is in my life, um, there, there has been a, uh, my former boss when I worked at LSU student media has consistently stayed in my life and has been a mentor to me and consistently calls and checks up on me. Yeah. And I know that is a, a, a gift that not everyone gets and it's been amazing I just recently sent my resume and cover letter for him to take a look at, and he gave me advice on it. And it's just always nice to have someone that you can call up who's out, kind of outside your circle, and who, but is in your corner, right? And you know, know that they have your back. Yeah, those people are huge. Uh, I mean, I think they're some of the most important people, you know, it's those people that are like outside your family that you both respect, um, and trust and can just talk to and, and bounce ideas and thoughts and have conversations with, sorry, the, uh, the lawn crew is out weed whacking the, uh, the pond lake around our apartment here. And, uh, they're quite loud. I'm not hearing it. As long as it doesn't, bother the audience it's not bothering me <laughs> hey it's all good uh, can't do anything about it guess got, the the grass has got to get cut so <laughs> absolutely what um you know thinking about college what's one of what's one of your favorite memories what's one of the memories that kind of pops in your mind uh when you think of college that's a good question 
Uh, you know, I don't know what the rating on your podcast is. You know, but you know, talk about college stories. <laughs> no. Go for it. We're uh, we're fair game. Fair game. Yeah. Say whatever no, you need I'm to kidding. say. You know, um, my first thought really was, um, I, I kind of I did Invisible Children after college. I know some people were still in college or pre-college. Yeah, I was after um, too. Yeah. So my first taste of having a community was at LSU. Uh, I started at Tulane University um, and Katrina hit after my mm. uh, Hurricane Katrina. I, yeah. I should be more specific. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that as if I'm still in the world. I don't know, like Katrina. Yeah. We know no, I, knew, I knew exactly um, what you're saying. So uh, I was at Tulane University, which is in New Orleans, and uh, it closed down for a semester and the school wasn't you know, when I came back, it was uh, in disarray. And, you know, they, they still like classes, but, you know, it wasn't yeah. the same school that I enrolled in. And it was very expensive. So I, I transferred to LSU. And even going from the small school, you would think would ha- I would have found my community. But I guess because I was living close to home to be near my brother, to so just being an hour away, uh, in Baton Rouge, like I was able to find a community at LSU Student Media, and you know that was just a, a game changer for me. I felt uh, connected into this bigger whole, and I think that's kind of well. First off, if I hadn't have gone to LSU, I wouldn't have gone been a part of Invisible Children. Yeah, uh, because I met a former roadie at LSU, and okay. he told me about yeah. So that's that connection there. But uh, just, yeah, having this group of people that we were working in a basement, um, doing advertising and putting out something, creating something that um, was a small part of a a bigger piece. Yeah. uh, our, Our cherished memories. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's really cool. What uh? What did you do right after college? Did you go straight to Invisible Children then? So um, I'll I'll tell the story of, of how I made it to Invisible Children then because I yeah. guess uh, I've never shared that at least with you. Um, I was working for LSU Student Media. Uh, I graduated and I got a call from that director who is still my mentor about two weeks after graduation and said that the person in the front office who was a professional wasn't a student just suddenly resigned and they yeah. need someone to fill in the, the position and I certainly was not qualified for the job but they thought I could do it um, you know with the help of others and so I, I went back I'd moved back to, I w- moved to New Orleans and then moved back to Baton Rouge to work in this temporary job and um, on the Today, I found out that they hired someone else. So I worked there for about 10 months. They interviewed me to continue on, and then they interviewed some people who actually had professional experience in this role. And it was a new director of student media, so my my mentor was no longer there. Someone new came in and said, you know what, I want someone fresh. And so the day I found out I was not rehired, um, do do you know Matt Bruce? 
I know the name, the but I don't know that I've ever yeah. met him. Yeah. He was working at uh, LSU Student Media. Um, he hadn't brought in his timesheet to me. He was out of town. I was giving him a hard time about it. And he was like, yeah, I was, I'm sorry. I was in New York. Um, I was working with this organization called Revo. And I was like, yeah, man, I know. Don't worry about it. But tell me more about Revo. Yeah. And he told me about what his work was there. Then he told me uh, about Invisible Children. I said, that really speaks to me. Like, I would love to be in a an organization like that. Yeah. In a, in a community like that. And he said, well, funny enough, um, they just posted for an internship. If you're interested, I can reach out um, and put in your, your application and, and tell them good things about you. And I said, well, funny enough, Matt, I'm not, no longer working here anymore, so please do. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's like perfect. Yeah. So two weeks later, I was on a plane to San Diego. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's like, that's like a quick turnaround. Mine was similar in some ways, but like it, it fast, it kind of came together and just kind of worked out. But that's cool. That's a really fun story. It was one of those, you know, I wasn't uh, a jump first, fear later type of person, but yeah. it, it felt right, you know? And yeah. when I first, showed up uh and went into the the roadie house and you know um it was like there was a heat wave that hit san diego and i'm like all right um <laughs> it's not bad it's not bad compared to new orleans but yeah so uh, are we going to kick on the air conditioner in this house because it's it's kind of sweltering in here and <laughs> like oh, there's there, there's no air conditioning here i'm like what did i get into yeah yeah that's a good time. i um <laughs> I, I remember I distinctly remember a friend of mine calling and asking how's it going and I said you know what man this, this house is not what I imagined <laughs> I was with it was within the first week um Cameron had been on vacation you know just something that already planned so I wasn't doing any work and I was like you know what I, I think I'm gonna ask him this is a job that I could probably do from anywhere because it's social media it's all online. You know, I, I, I might just ask them if I can do this from home, you know, and yeah. not be in this house and not, you know, cause there's so many people and it's just something that I wasn't used to. But fast forward to the end when everyone was coming off the road, when you were coming back, yeah. um, it was, you know, y- y'all had just came back and some of the interns were not as, happy with the living situation because we were used to fewer people in the house <laughs> and they're just like, Oh, I, I wish the roadies were back on the road or they just send them home now. And, you know, the tour is over. And I'm like, I'm loving this. Yeah. Bring in more people, bring in more people. I was completely changed from the first uh, week that I was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, man, 65, what? 60 people, 65 people in the house together. No air conditioning. And we started with, Probably like twenty people yeah. at uh, intern class. Yeah, it's it's a wild ride. It's fun. It's uh, you learn a lot <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Uh, when you when you left Invisible Children, you know you, you've talked about you kind of done a few different things. So what are some of the things you know work wise you've done kind of to bring you up to to to, to date? Bring up to now. Um, I have done. Um, a lot of retail, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was always, it was always um, 
mindset. Like, I'm going to take this job as temporary to give me, I don't want to get into something that's going to entrench me in, in the job where it will not be easy to leave. Mm. You know, uh, here's a temporary placeholder until the next great thing comes. Yeah. Until I find my calling, until I find that place that truly, it truly speaks to me and, and feels like home, like Invisible Children did. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've been on and off in retail for a, for a while now. Yeah, um, cool. I worked at the Louisiana Children's Museum for a while. Nice. I uh, did, did my work at Capital One. I helped start a uh, tuxedo and suit store here yeah, uh, for a gentleman that. that, yeah, that has, um, since I left his, well, I started it, so I, I can give myself some credit there, but they really exploded. Nice. Um, after after leaving, yeah, it's fantastic for them. A great family. They deserve, you know, even more success than what they're seeing right now. Um, what else? I actually have my resume right here. This is perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I was an assistant property manager for a while. I did. Um, I did some extra work on movies and TV. That's fun. Uh, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, when that business was huge in New Orleans. Uh, it's kind of fallen off a little bit here, yeah. but we had some really big movies filming here, so you got to go hop on set for a little bit, get paid really well. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's that's cool. Well, dude, I have you know we're we're at the eighty eighty one minutes here. I've got four more questions. Again, these are we can a little. Beat them or say that again. Whatever you want. It's your show. It's your show. We can speed through them. I can go quickly. Hey, whatever. No, we're we're good on time. Uh, this is a perfect cool. time to kind of get into them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kick them off. So my first question awesome. is, what are you most proud of to date? Most proud of to date, like to date. Yes. Oh wow, um, that's a tough question. No, I told you, I save really the best is. for last. There's there's four good ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bring the heat at the end. Man, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm becoming proud of who I am as mm. a person. Good for you, man. And not tying it to uh, the successes and what's, like, really, I, I just said, like, my resume is sitting right in front of me. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I quickly, when you ask that question, like, ooh, what do I have here? Yeah, and you know, just all all of the the struggles, all of the the dreams that haven't been fulfilled, have led me to this place, regardless. And just trying to be the best person that I can be to as many people as possible. I love it. That's really that's really cool, man. That's really that's something Thank to you. be proud of. You should be proud of that and who you're becoming and and the person you're trying to be. So. Um, I commend you for that for sure. I what really you, appreciate it. What are you looking forward to most in the future? You know, obviously looking for, you know, something there's, there's a, you're in this limbo kind of stage, I guess, in some ways, but what are your goals? What are your ambitions? What are you, what are you looking forward to? You know, um, I'm, I'm interested to see where this period of growth goes because this is very, this is from the beginning of 2020 where I've started to realize that I haven't had the confidence in myself, uh, to, to go after things, 
to, I've been in my way. Mm. And I'm trying to repeat that impediment. And that has been a big theme right now. And I feel like, honestly, like your listeners are probably going to listen to, uh, hear some of these stories that I've brought up. And it, it was a, a theme of lack of confidence. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to sum it up into a night and put a nice little bow on it for everyone, um, that is what I'm focusing on and working on and trying to get out of my way to find whatever it is that, that is the next step. Yeah. Um, I do have the big lofty dreams, um, you know, starting my own thing. Uh, so you are 100% an inspiration in that uh, of going out and doing it and yeah. just doing it every day, doing something that you love doing. Yeah. Um, and putting it out there and, and hope, hoping for the best. Well, thank you. I, I don't, I'm here to help you, you know, too, man. So if there's anything I can do to help you, you know, in the future, please reach out, let me know. I want to be, I want to be available. I want to be able to, you know, make a difference in any way I can. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see where, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where the, the journey uh, takes both of us. Hell yeah! But you know, I uh, I'll be honest. I I had a, an idea for uh, for for years and years and years something similar in, in podcast style to to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, doing going out and just having like set questions, uh, a theme of some sort, and asking people on the street. You know, tell me a story about X Y Z. Yeah. You know, and and putting that podcast out. Uh, came across uh beautiful anonymous uh, i don't know if you're familiar with that podcast i think i am actually but i need to great. I'm gonna write it down great show um it's uh comedian um chris gethard okay talking to he puts out a phone number random people call in it's anonymous no names uh you tell your story for an hour that's it he hangs up after an hour and uh, so then when I saw your podcast, I'm like, man, everyone's doing these story podcasts. I guess there's no, <laughs> no room left. Interesting. But there's always, yeah. There's, there's I don't room. think there's I have. for something new and creative. Yeah, I don't think I have heard of that, but I got to check that out. It sounds right up my alley. Comes out, comes out every Tuesday. Nice. Um, he, he, yeah, it's, yours is, I mean, y'all are certainly different. Y'all are certainly yeah. doing different things here. There's room for both, but um, he, he's. It's interesting to hear what he's learned, kind of like what you're talking about, what you've learned over time um, about the human condition after talking to so many people. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Dude, do you ever think about your legacy? I do. I do think about my legacy all the time, um, especially coming out of Invisible Children. Like I, I've, I've wanted to. Uh, to do something that, you know, leaves a mark that makes the world a better place mm. than the way I've, you know, when you leave it, when you leave the world, yeah. you know, make that positive impact. And, you know, um, typically, like, when I think of legacy, I think of something that um, is tangible and I can point to and say, I did this for the world. And, you know, I'm kind of realizing, too, that, you know, and, and to take it a step back, because I feel like I can't point to that right now, 
um, I felt like I haven't been leaving a legacy. Sure. Um, but I do think that we leave legacies in the lives that we lead if we're doing good to towards others, if we're being a positive influence and leaving a positive impact on others, you may not see it, and um, but it's there. Well said. I agree with you. In fact, in fact, and actually brought up a a story if we have time. Uh, yeah, we've got. Well, we've got. We're a little run, short on time, actually. Okay. And I yeah, got one well, more for okay. you, and then Go we'll for close it. things out. But looking yeah, back, what advice would you tell little Andrew? Uh, that's a great question. Um, put myself out there more and be confident in yourself. Mm. Tell yourself that you are enough, that you are worthy enough for um, great things and to take the risks and um, – Go, go, deuce, explore, meet people. I love it. Yeah, get your get, get your get your shoes dirty. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, for sure, dude, Andrew. I am sorry to cut us short. We're at the no, 89th minute. Great. We've got one minute, but I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Like I said, this is awesome. I, I wanted I wanted to do a podcast, so this is pretty cool. This is awesome. Well, I'm going to close this out, and uh, we'll go from there. Thank you so much, Shane. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. Your contribution helps us tell more stories like Andrew's and the stories just like yours. Speaking of contributions, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, comment, like, or post. Share the podcast uh, with your friends, your family, or just random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Please visit crazyfaceuno.com. You can check out our merchandise. We've got things you can buy, and uh, that helps us tell more stories like Andrew's and, and stories just like yours. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. I love you. Peace.